Welcome to Tactical Empathy. I am your host, Erin Thorpe, and this is a show where we will explore what it really looks like to lead with empathy in the real world. From a young age and into my early years of my career, I was constantly being told that I was too emotional to lead. I found a way to turn those emotions into a leadership superpower, and now I want to share that with each of you. In each episode, I will guide you through real-life stories, sharing how leaders make tough decisions, hold boundaries, and get things done, all while embracing empathy. Get ready to redefine leadership, understand your emotions, and unlock your own superpowers. It's time to lead with head, heart, and mind. Let's dive in. On today's episode, my guest is Matt Ole. Matt is a construction professional with 27 years in the industry who is currently a construction leader employed in the asphalt sector. He is passionate about leadership, emphasizing that we are all human beings. His mission alongside his daily responsibilities is in helping those humans navigate the complexities of career, home, and mental and emotional well-being. I came across Matt on LinkedIn and his posts really speak to what it is really like to be a construction worker. And um, he addresses all kinds of topics, right from being in the field to being a leader. So I can't wait for you to meet him and connect with him. In this conversation, we discuss the importance of empathy in the construction industry and how it can actually improve our leadership. Matt addresses the challenges that we face practicing empathy, and together we explore the role of emotions and gender expression in construction and the impact of shame on mental health. Matt provides examples of how putting oneself in someone else's shoes can help navigate difficult situations specific to the construction industry, and he emphasizes the importance of daily practices such as meditation and self-reflection to help develop his empathy muscles. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the show today. How are you? I'm doing well, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me. I'm pretty excited to be here. I have been looking forward to this conversation as well ever since we set it up. So uh, I want to dive right in. Please tell us who you are. Tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? What do you do? What leadership roles do you play in life? Okay. So I am presently, um, op- I would say, field operations manager for Ajax Paving Industries of Florida. Okay. So I manage field operations. Uh, we have plants mm-hmm. as well. That's another department. <clears throat> Though, of course, we work hand in hand. We do our primary business is asphalt paving. Um, mm-hmm. But in the area in which I work in Tampa, we also have uh, a couple grade crews. We have a pipe crew. We have uh, four concrete crews. And then we have what we call maintenance of traffic crews. Um, <clears throat> the folks out there messing up the roads. And I say messing up, but, you know, they're, they're, they're the ones down there shutting down the lanes and making everybody angry so that we can get in there and mill and pave and do what we got to do. So, um, that's what I do as a career. And then, um, you know, who am I? I'm a human, um, that's trying to navigate this thing called life and, um, really trying every day, uh, quite honestly, to learn how to be more present in the moment. Um, and be a good human to other humans. Yeah. I think that's. Well, I think that's what drew me to reach out and invite you to the podcast because I I see that you bring a different conversation to our construction industry around humanness and and opening up this conversation that hey, we're all we all got something else going on. 
than what we might present yeah. at first blush, right? Yes. So this is a show all about empathy and how we can use it in our leadership. So what does empathy mean to you or, or how would you go about describing it to someone? So it's funny, I just probably a few weeks ago, so I, I see a therapist and mm -hmm. um, my therapist a few weeks ago, we got on this topic of empathy a bit and <clears throat> she said, she, um, I'm going to mess this up, but it's an NLP something neurolinguistics like that's where her background's in and okay. she said um she said when she was doing that training um they had to do what they called a moccasin walk and she said mm. that maybe the phrase would be different nowadays because that may be insensitive so certainly not meant that way but it's right. walking in someone else's shoes yeah. that i think the clearest definition and that that really helped for me, not that I didn't know what empathy was before, but it helped me to understand empathy to me is literally trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Like what's it look like for them in whatever that situation is that can be applied so many things. Yeah. Um, but that's, uh, that's what I take as empathy is, is what, how can I feel what they're feeling? What, what, what are they most likely thinking in this situation? What's, what's their home life like? What are the yeah. dynamics there? What is it? And, and I, think, I think some of the stories, and I don't want to jump ahead of you, but I think some of the stories I post are an attempt to do that, to get mm -hmm. people to go, this is what it looks like to be a 60-something-year-old grader operator with new technology coming in, right? Right. Yeah. This, and, and I'm attempting, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy, but I'm yeah. attempting to put myself in their shoes or yeah. a laborer just coming in that doesn't know much, but's trying to make a living and they're having a hard time keeping yeah. their light bills on, yeah. you know, their rent paid. And it's, I, there are so many situations that you can. So many situations. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I think, you know, that's a really accessible definition, it, it really is like, what is someone else feeling? What is someone else thinking? What is their perspective on whatever it is, you know, the situation or context that we're in? What do you think? Um, what do you think is like the biggest challenge to being able to do that, to being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes? Um, I'm going to say just off the cuff here, ego. Yeah. Um, pride. Mm -hmm. You know, this we like to think we're right mm -hmm. and we all see the world through a limited lens, right? The, our up, yeah, our upbringing, you know, all these factors, nature, nurture, all, all mm -hmm. these factors have affected who we are. Our life story has affected yeah. who we are. And <clears throat> I think we struggle sometimes to recognize that our life story is is unique is our own and what's it look like for someone else's life story and and we almost we almost have blinders on i think i think a lot of people and i can only speak for myself but i see it a lot too a lot of people just can't see past their own lenses yeah right they, i think that's a huge limitation as a human right yeah. is just 
We all have blind spots. We all have an ego. We all have a different perspective. Uh, and we do like to be right. So right. as those, you know, as the situations get heated, as there's more at risk, as there's more to lose, um, I think all of those things become really big barriers to taking that step back and going, hey, what's this really like for you on the other side of the table? Right, right. Um, <clears throat> so I was a woman in construction. I had 20 years in commercial construction and I would often get this feedback that, you know, one, I was too emotional, but also, well, empathy is easier for you because you're a woman, right? <laughs> Any perspectives or thoughts on one being too emotional in construction and two, you know, is empathy easier for women than men? Or do you see this more as a human problem? Ooh, ooh. So, um, is women, uh, I'll start with the one that I feel like I don't know anything about <laughs> mm -hmm. is women easier for women than it is for men. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I have, I have a hard time at quite honestly, vulnerably empathizing with women because I don't know right. what it's like now. I, I can say that in the same regard, I can say that I've had a lot of conversations with women whom I work with now other women mm -hmm. in the industry. And I've been very specific and intentional in asking them what some of their struggles are so that I can empathize more with yeah. where they're at. Um, so I don't know if it's easier for one gender or the other. And what was the other question? I'm sorry. Uh, do you think that well, personally, the feedback that I used to have was, you know, I'm too emotional to be in construction. And I have, I don't think this is a female problem around emotions in construction. Um, I think we all have emotions. Right. I think there's a, there's a socially acceptable way to express emotion in construction mm -hmm. um, that is very masculine Fair. in its expression. Uh, but I'm just curious on your thoughts or perspectives around kind of the emotion. Yeah. So that's present. So I, I'm a fan of, you know, emotional intelligence. I'll use that buzzword, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. There is, there's a place for emotion. Certainly. Um, I think, and, and then it depends on what kind of emotion you're talking about. Right. So emotions, this is where if, if you get into talks about, um, gender and mm -hmm. really society and how we're raised and the differences with which boys are raised from females, uh, by and large, um, yeah. you know, men often what's, what's the acceptable emotions for men, anger, rage. Yeah. I mean, you can't be sad and, uh, no. you know, and, and you can't, you can't be scared, you know, yeah. um, those things are weak. They're unmasculine. So you can't, you, you, you can't, you can't be that way. Now, again, I'm speaking broadly, but I think broadly speaking, that's accurate is that's the way a yeah. lot of men are raised as boys. And then, so how that shows up in the industry, right, is those are the acceptable behaviors, whether it's inside yeah. or outside the industry, but especially in the construction industry, it's acceptable. You, yeah. I, I have actually heard people say, well, you need to yell and scream every once in a while. You know, yeah. like, like you've, you've got to get, you know, fly off the handle. Uh, I want to see somebody, you know, throwing things against the wall. What? That, that's yeah. what you want to see. 
that's yeah that that's how we're supposed to act i don't buy yeah. it i don't buy it um and then of course for women and this is just again through conversations i've had is when women show emotion well you know it, it gets this this is all a part of really the gender roles with which we're raised, right? Totally, it, it, it yeah. ties right in because when a woman then is emotional, in whatever way that shows up, well, if it's one of those unacceptable emotions for men, well, it's because she's a woman, not right. because men aren't in touch with their other emotions. Yeah, it couldn't be that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then that's where the gender gender stereotypes come in, and you know. Um, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna screw up the actual uh, the the phrase I'm looking for, but I mean you know where 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 people are called out. I I think men need to get real about the fact that I think this is why I I am a genuine believer that we have a mental health crisis, not only. Um, let's just say in the world at large, you know, right. but, but also within the construction industry, which shows up in the suicide numbers and those kinds yep. of things, which all of that's being published and talked about in a big way right now. Mm -hmm. um, I think part of the reason for that now, I'm, I'm not a college educated man. You know, uh, I haven't done a lot of research on this, but I can speak from my own life and from conversations I've had is because because men carry around all this shame yeah, um, because they can't measure up to that unattainable standard of masculinity. And then what ends up happening, um, be because they can't measure up to the unattainable standard of masculinity and the only emotion that's acceptable for them to, to show is anger or rage. Uh -huh. And then they end up projecting that yeah. onto others in the world around them. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, Absolutely. And I, I believe it was um, Brene Brown in her Dare to Lead book who said, you know, empathy is the antidote to shame. Oh, did, did we talk about this beforehand? I, I know we didn't. I know it. <laughs> right. I love, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to like just jump yeah. in here, but no, that was an aha moment. I love Brene Brown, by the way, yeah. have read a lot of her stuff, Rising Strong, Dare to Lead. Yeah. Um, and yes, that was her that said that. Yeah. And she helped me define the difference between guilt and shame, because yep. I believe her statement right before that one was shame. Guilt is feeling bad for something you've done. And guilt is a is a is a good emotion let's say for lack of a better yeah. way to put it you know it's you've helpful. done something wrong it's helpful right yeah um because then you can make amends or whatever else shame so guilt is feeling bad about something you've done shame is feeling bad about who you are yeah and the and again as she stated and the antidote to shame is empathy yeah and then learning some self-empathy then well, it is. And I'm a big proponent of, you know, I call it inside and outside empathy, because I think there's pieces where, um, you know, there's work we have to do inner before we can go out mm. and do it with the people in our teams and our lives and our families. Um, but what I'm hearing you say is, you know, 
And, and I certainly resonate with this from my experience is, you know, we've got this industry walking around with this certain list of acceptable emotions or the predominant, you know, makeup of the industry, this acceptable list of emotions. But the underlying one is if we can't measure up, we feel bad about who we are. Yes. Right. Like we don't belong. And I certainly felt that for probably the first 10 years of my career in construction, constantly wondering, do I belong here? Because mm. I don't how I'm supposed to show up and look and feel doesn't feel authentic to who I am. Right. Right. And so there must be something wrong with me Yeah. and I must not belong here. And so I just, you know, I wonder about that every day, how many people are walking around in this industry thinking it's a them problem. Mm. And really I think it's an industry problem because I truly believe anybody can have a fulfilling career in, in, in construction if you're at all the least bit interested. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I, I, I um, couldn't agree more with that. I, I I would say that I felt like I fit in because I I didn't know who I was for the longest time. Yeah. And I projected that persona of right. this tough guy, construction worker, without feelings that yeah. got stuff done and you, you, you know like like i tell people the construction industry raised me i'm 46 years yeah. old and i came in when i was 19. so like a lot of who i thought i was for the longest time was this acceptable behavior in yeah. the industry until it wasn't anymore <laughs> Well, and like you said, right, you're you're seeing the impacts of hiding who we are, carrying around this amount of shame, feeling like we never fit in, feeling like there's something wrong with us, right? We're seeing that play out in these numbers, yeah. people leaving the industry, um, the labor shortage we've got going on, the the suicide rates, desperately searching to attract and retain people in the industry, Um we, something needs to give, something needs to change, right? We, yeah. we got to start caring about these human beings that we need to keep our construction industry going. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. So do you have like a specific situation that you can recall where putting yourself in someone else's shoes, this practice of like flexing this empathy muscle, as I call it in your leadership, helped you navigate a tricky situation? And you don't have to use names or specifics, but just, I think it helps our listeners just kind of go, okay, yeah, but how does that really work? Sure. So, so in my role specifically now, I consider myself a bit of a bridge between the field and the office, right? Those are terms okay. very familiar in construction. The field. Very familiar. The and there's usually a big divide right. between field and office. That's right. That's right. <laughs> there's a huge tension. You know, I came up a yeah. field guy. Um, yeah. so, you know, we had crossed over to the dark crossed side, over to the dark side. I, I think, um, you know, we had affectionate terms for people in the office, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, I can so relate to all of this. Yes. Yes. And, and so, but so, so I get, I have the, I get to be in a position now to empathize. I, I can empathize with the field easier because that's where I mm -hmm. came from. But I've also now been schooled on all the particulars and the necessities and of, of what takes place in the functions in the office. I mean, that right. office side is the business side. 
you know, that's those those are the numbers. That's how the place you're working for stays in business. You right. know, um, yeah. to to broad brush it. So yeah. yeah, I've had multiple situations where where I have to. So because I come from the field, I can often better uh, empathize or better appreciate or articulate what they're feeling and thinking. Yeah. And then I have to at times bring that to the office where I'm dealing with a project manager or, you know, uh, anyone else who's part of the office environment and they want to go, what the hell were these guys thinking? You know, mm -hmm. why did we do this or why are we not doing it that way? And so then I have the opportunity to go, well, let me help you understand yeah. what they were thinking and yeah. why we thought this was the best way to go about it. And if we made a mistake, we made a mistake. We'll own it. But, but, but there were some factors there in, we didn't just willy nilly do this. Yeah. There, there are reasons why we did this. And likewise, I had a group of guys recently, um, one of our crews, I brought them in for some training. We went through some various training and then I asked them, I said, so what are some of the obstacles that are in front of you? H how are you, what stops you from being able to perform to your best? And through that conversation then, um, I was able to bring to them a view of the office that they, that they couldn't have done. Um, that, that, that they didn't have. Well, why are we doing stuff this way? This is so dumb. Right. Well, let me help you understand why we're doing it this way. Let's, let's find somewhere where we can meet in the middle. You know, we're all working on the same team here for the same goal. I don't know if, I don't know if I answered the question really well with specifics, but it, these are more generalities. I, I got to be cautious with yeah. specifics, I think. I no, and and I, I I completely appreciate and understand that. And I think you did answer the question. You know, I think that's a real big, relevant hot button in our industry is field versus office or office versus field. And it really does feel like in a lot of companies that dynamic is set up. I know when I go in now to do work in companies, that's usually the number one thing is how do we make this feel more like a team? Yeah. You know, because we're all we're all working to the same endpoint. We all want to make money and turn over the project and go home at the end of the day and be proud of what we did. Um, and and I think, you know, you articulating the fact that one, we have to understand why the field did what they did, because they didn't just wake up that morning and decide to go like, hey, let's go fuck some shit up. <laughs> right. Right? right. Like, let's go see how bad we can do. Well, Nobody shows up with that mindset. Most of the time they didn't. Most of the time. They could be pretty pissed um, off at the office. <laughs> sometimes people can wake up with the wrong side of the bed. But, you know, generally that's not our intention no, when we're out in the all. field. Not at all. Right? And and the same is true for the office. It's not like we go to the office and we're like, how hard can we make it for these guys out in the field? You right. know, how can we set them up for failure and really <laughs> right. make this difficult? Like nobody's showing up with that mindset. Right. And yet... Um, what we talked about earlier, you know, just with like our own egos and our, our desire to be right. And, um, you know, just our, those kind of, uh, the way we're supposed to show up, I'll call it, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we can get pretty adversarial sure. 
in those relationships and even in projects, right, where we are all working on the same thing. And so really, you, I think you articulated it well, just like, let's take a beat. Let's understand why you did what you did. And let's understand what you want, like what you wanted to have happen. Um, and let's figure out what we need to do to move forward. Yeah. And let's, let's bring Brene Brown back into this, right? Is, you know, yeah. Brene Brown, essentially the way I interpret her says that without vulnerability, there is no true human connection. Totally. Right. So if you're an office person and you mm -hmm. want to understand what's going on in the field and take some time, go out yes. to the field and then be honest, you know, ha yeah. have a conversation with one of the foremen or superintendents or whatever and go, look, I'm having a hard time understanding why we're doing X like Y. Um, yeah. I admit I don't understand what you do and, and we yeah. are indebted to what you do and we are thankful that you're a part of doing what you do. Help me mm -hmm. understand, you know, be vulnerable and show some, I'm going to use the dictionary term ignorance, not calling someone, but, but true ignorance is just not knowing, you know, in, yeah. in the dictionary sense of the term, be willing to show a little ignorance yeah. and go ahead and, you know, hurt your ego a little bit and go, I don't really know how to do this or why we're doing this, but help me understand. And more yeah. often than not, you're going to get someone that goes, Hey man, I appreciate you coming like that. Come along. Let me show you how this goes down and vice versa. Right. I don't want to just cause I yeah. come from the field. I don't want to just, you know, uh, tout up the field. You know, if, if you're a field guy, you're a project superintendent and there are orders coming down the chain or whatever to do something a certain way, certain way that don't make sense. That's the opportunity to go in humbly, respectfully, be a little vulnerable, say, Hey, I understand without you, we don't even have a project here. I know yeah. you're doing important work in making this project happen. Um, help me understand what your thought process was behind suggesting the schedule has to go this way or whatever yeah. else or logically sequencing it this way or yeah. you know be willing to subjugate your ego i think is what jocko willink says be willing yeah. to subjugate your ego and and have a human conversation yeah and uh what I love about this conversation is I think a lot of the times when, at least when I talk about empathy and speak about empathy, people are like, oh my gosh, it's going to get so feelings and we're going to be overwhelmed with feelings and people are going to be crying and we're never going to get anything done. And it's just going to be this like, you know, this like mess of emotion. And I'm like, it's literally just understanding someone else's perspective. Right. right. And, and that's what we're talking about here. And I certainly had that experience that you you're speaking of when I was a brand new field engineer, just starting out. I mean, I used to spend hours out on the job site and go like, why are we building that form that way? Why do we place rebar that way? What is the, why, why do we have a pump truck now? And we don't have one there, you know, like, why are we doing all these things? And all of the people in the field, I mean, at that point it was just strictly men. I was the one woman on the site that had her pink porta potty, but um, <laughs> you know, like Everybody was so willing to explain to me what they were doing and why they were doing it certain ways. Um, and I just didn't know any different. I didn't know that I was supposed to pretend like I knew everything. You know, I was just like, 
I'm brand new. I've never been here before. Um, And the same is true. You know, I think about the last job that I delivered. Now I'm a project director. Um, You know, I had a number of young foremen and and superintendents that were coming up through the ranks that would sit with us during schedule updates and sit with us during, you know, monthly forecasts and budgets. And they were like, help me understand how the money is set up so that I can help you deliver this project. You know, and we just... It was such a great experience because there wasn't that us versus them um, mentality right. or dynamic even set up in the project. So right. excellent. Um, how do you switch the conversation a little bit here? How What do you do to be able to take someone else's perspective in these heat of the moment situations? Because it's not easy. Are there practices that you engage in? Are there, um, you know, I always think, Building our mental fitness is kind of like our physical fitness. We have to do reps. There's things we have to do when we're not in these tense, stressful situations that allow us to build capacity to still be willing to set the ego aside when shit hits the fan. So what does that look like for you? How have you been able to develop that capacity? So I have a morning practice I do um, each morning. That's one of the ways that I build that in. um, I love that. Is create. I, I, I like to call it like creating a little more space for others, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I do some breathing techniques, uh, yeah. polyvagal breathing. I do some of that. Yeah. Um, I, I meditate, and I know there's a whole lot of different ways to go about doing that. Um, you know, yeah. sometimes I'll just focus on my breath. Um, <clears throat> but, but that's a lot of what I'm actually reading nowadays is books on like meditation and mindfulness and presence. Yeah. And so that's been revolutionary for me, honestly, um, to take time for myself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it starts early of a morning, you know, before my phone starts ringing or, or anything like that. Um, just a few moments. It can be anywhere from 10, 15 minutes, sometimes to 30, 40 minutes, just depending on what's needed and kind of where I'm at. I mean, I'm, I'm no guru. I struggle with this stuff as well. And there's times where I, the thoughts can't, you know, can't seem to, but, but if I, if I prioritize that in my life and, you know, have some empathy with myself, you know, even as my practice isn't working so well, like like days that that I just can't yeah. seem to focus in my meditation, that my mind keeps going off other directions or whatever else. Showing empathy towards myself in that practice, as well as performing that practice, gives me the ability throughout the day to be more apt, I would say, to flex that muscle, you know, to, to recognize the humanity. I mean, I'm going to come back to that too. Like once you get honest with yourself and some of your own frailties, you know, yes, your own issues, like, like you get real with yourself and see where, (laughs) where you have not been this model of humanity. Mm -hmm. Um, Then it opens up the way for you to, see that in others as well and empathize with them that i'm not perfect others aren't going to be perfect either how can how can we together as imperfect humans work together to get something accomplished keeping those imperfections in mind 
right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I, and I, I love that, you know, and I think we'll go back to that. We can't do with other people what we're unwilling to do with ourselves. So if we can't hold our own emotion, if we can't say, Hey, I'm having a rough day or this is going on, or I'm feeling let down or disappointed when someone else brings us that emotion, it's going to be much harder to look at it and to sit with them. And we're going to want to push it away and to move through it and get back to logic and reason and decision-making right. and just, you know, be robotic about this, but we're not robots here, people. Wow. We, we have a, a job site and an industry full of human beings that really need our time and attention. Uh, where can listeners connect with you, Matt, if they want to know more about the work that you're doing and follow you on this mental fitness journey that you're on? Uh, it's LinkedIn. That is, okay. that is it for me. Um, Excellent. I, I don't, I don't like the other socials, nothing, no judgment. No judgment for no. those that do. Just so not a fit. Not, not a fit for me. There's a very positive Excellent. environment there that I appreciate. Excellent. Well, we'll have all of those um, links in our show notes. Thank you so much for being here today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely. Thank you, Erin.